look around and see some of our newest members with us this morning who were born this past week. Welcome to the world and to the sanctuary of God. As we come together now, I'd ask that you would turn with me in Psalm to Psalm 34. Really only pulling a part of this psalm for our text, but we will read it in its entirety. And Keith, I, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> as far as the, the Christ know that he forgives our sins. It's, it's my, my, my fault there. It's, uh, as we navigate through our, our liturgy, even through the, uh, the errors of men, and we all own that, uh, we are thankful that God transcends and supersedes even in ways in our prayer life that we do not know how to pray and we utter, uh, we know that the Spirit gives utterance and takes these matters up into a way that's acceptable in the Lord. And if we understand that everything that we do and only through the mediation of Christ are things heard and accepted before God, but if you are in Christ, they are most certainly accepted and heard and even colored in such a way that uh, uh, perhaps maybe you would be surprised how beautiful your voice sounds when it's called up into the vortex of Christ singing over his people. As we now begin our time together, if you would turn with me now your attention to Psalm 34, uh, hear the word of the Lord. The Psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all of his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned." The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. 
Our gracious Father, as we turn our attention now to this blessed psalm with which there are promises of hope and strengthens our, our faith even in times of, of fear and discouragement and brokenness, we pray that you would strengthen this congregation this day and every member in it with your grace and show forth your grace into their lives and bring forth fruitfulness in their lives to the glory of God and to the praise of the glory of your grace. And we pray that you would use this message and send it forth to bring forth that which would please you in all of our lives and us collectively together as one in Christ. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When Chesley and I were married coming up on 35 years ago, we came into a group of Christians for which I am ever grateful. Two of those whom many of you have already met at the 25th anniversary a year and a half or so ago were Frank and Mary Venezia. They introduced us to two other folks who also became friends, Mac and Beth Lynch, who at the time were a music director and pianist at the Wilds Christian Camp in Brevard, North Carolina. Mac is actually a great songwriter and composer, have written many pieces of music, but uh, there is depth to it because out of the experience of life, he's written uh, and put many of the texts of Scripture to, to music. But there's, there's experience behind what he writes. Both of these couples that I mentioned to you have experienced great losses in their lives. Both have lost children. It was a year and a half after Chesley and I left Tampa to go to seminary, and in 1994 of June, we got horrible news that Frankie Venezia, the oldest of the Venezia children, uh, was tragically killed in a water sporting accident. Uh, Mac and Beth flew down and sang at the funeral to minister to them at that time. And one of the songs that Mac sung at the funeral was titled, God Uses Broken Things. And the refrain of that song includes a phrase that says, quote, break thou myself Make my heart sing. Mac has learned through the trials of life and has testified in word of song to the extent that he can embrace and pray those kinds of prayers. I remember another song that he wrote, Send trials if you must. But he wants the fullness of the glory of God in his life and the love of Jesus to be known through him. Those are hard prayers to pray, but he means it with genuineness and he's lived it out to see the fruitfulness even out of the brokenness. The metaphors and symbolism of brokenness in the Bible are many and have been enveloped with many of those similar types of occasions in people's lives. Because we live in a broken world. 
We look around us today and we see how broken this world is, but we often fail to see how broken we are. We are a broken people. How do we deal with the brokenness in our own lives? Our sin has broken the way that life was supposed to be lived out here upon the earth. There's lots of brokenness in the world. We have lots of brokenness in our own lives. This past week, or was it last week, the Guillen uh, posted of a broken bowl that was cherished, that had been in their family for a long time. And, and like that bowl, all of God's people are vessels Vessels fit for honor, but only fit for honor through first a brokenness and then God coming to clean up the mess and all the shattering of the life of the old man of sin and taking care of all of the pride and the willfulness that must be broken so that we can become useful vessels fit for the master's use. This brokenness in our lives is not merely a one-time experience. It is part of the process of sanctification, the dying to the old man. The brokenness of the old man needs to be put to death. That willfulness and the pride and the self-centeredness and all of that needs to be put to death to be renewed in the new man in Christ. But the, the glory of this is that God works in the brokenness of our lives. It is in those times we, we sense our helplessness and we have nowhere to turn but to resign the entirety of everything into the hands of the good and gracious merciful, all-wise God. There's lots of brokenness among us here, even this morning. I confess I do not know all of the brokenness, but I know that there's brokenness. There's broken hearts of two of our members, even four, yea, that have lost Loved ones that have recently passed away, they're not here, they're up in Indiana, Tony and Tracy, with one of a sudden surprise. We have people among us who have broken bodies, who are aching in chronic pain and suffering with illness, some of which will never be healed in this life. We have broken relationships among people here at Heritage. There are broken marriages that are not functioning in the way, in the God-glorifying way that they should. There's broken communication where people have a difficult time even talking to each other with, with understanding and with, with heart. We have broken trust where trust with one another has been broken to the extent that it has affected the relationship and has broken it. 
We have broken relationships between children and parents. We have broken friendships that used to be but are no more. We have broken hope. We have dreams and aspirations that we once had that seem to be broken. We have broken spirits and broken pride. We have broken finances. Some of you are broken under a load of guilt that you cannot shake off. And it keeps coming back to haunt you. Some of us are broken with the stresses of life that seem unending and no way out. I'm not sure if I've left anybody out. Except perhaps maybe our new, newest members. Folks, we, we have broken lives. But brokenness is where God works. That's why he did not abandon this world. But he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to fix what is broken. And Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted and to make new vessels out of those Vessels of dishonor and broken vessels. And perhaps you're in a season of life now where you feel that something or multiple things is broken in your life. It's not working. It's uh, something that's going on that's not the way it should be according to the glory of God. Maybe where you feel discouraged or disheartened or where life is just a struggle and joy is hard to come by. Where you feel lonely and defeated, broken. David knows well how you feel. And Jesus, even more so. Touched with all of our infirmities, yet without sin, he can now be the great high priest who can come to your aid and give you the mercy and the grace and the time of need. This world is a broken place. Here, down here on this earth, in this world, life does not work at all apart from the grace of God. And once you have tasted of the grace, you must continue to drink from the fountain of grace daily. It will not work apart from the grace of God. But the glory of God's grace shines out the brightest against the backdrop of brokenness. Light is more clearly seen against the darkness. And God uses broken things to glorify Himself. He even takes not wise men, but He takes foolish men and puts them in pulpits so that through the foolishness of preaching, the wisdom of man can be suppressed and the glory of God be seen. This morning I've entitled my message after Mac's song, God Uses Broken Things. If something is broken in your life, God will give you the grace. He will give you the grace if your heart is broken. 
And if you in humility resign yourself completely to trust in the grace of God, He has a promise for you, multiple promises, yea. He heals the brokenness. And this morning I would like for us to look at several of David's psalms where David was a broken man. And there's different contexts and different reasons for that brokenness, some of which you will identify with. Psalm 32 or 34, which is before us, is one of those psalms. The context of this psalm began shortly after David was fleeing from Saul. Saul had the envious spirit in him. He already knew that the kingdom was slated for David, and and the evil spirit would often come upon Saul, and he would call for David to come play the harp, and the evil spirit would leave Saul. But twice Saul tried to pin David to the wall with his spear, and twice the Lord gave him the ability to escape that spear. And the second time, he is now running from Saul. And there was an occasion when he was to sit at David at Saul's table, and he knew that Saul was after him. And he felt like it was a trap for him to be there. So he didn't attend the, the banquet of the king. And Jonathan kind of felt out his father, and sure enough, Saul was ready to kill David. Jonathan tipped him off, and then so from that point on, David then fled. He fled out of the nation of Israel and even found refuge with the great arch enemies of Israel, the Philistines. And he came to Gath, and there he was recognized. He was recognized as, oh, this is David who killed our champion, Goliath. And as this news was being spread around, uh, Achish became aware that Achish was the king of Gath. The psalm says Abimelech there. This is the same person. And in order for David to... uh, get out of the predicament he's in, he feigns to be a madman and scratches on the door of the gate and lets drool fall down upon his beard to where he says, this is not David, this is a madman. Get him out of my presence. And, and, the, and, the, and the theater worked for David at this time. But David had to flee his countrymen, flee his family, Flee his friends and flee his good friend, Jonathan. He was lonely and dejected and danger constantly surrounded him. He had to look over his shoulder at every occasion. He was vulnerable. He had no place to go, no home, no belongings. He became a refuge fleeing for his life, not knowing from one day to the next where he would go or what, he, what would happen or where he was even going to get his next meal. David was a broken man. It's in this context that David writes this psalm. And he says, and the focus for our, I want to draw our attention is in verse 17 through 19, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. 
This was David's testimony and his exhortation to us. Immediately after this event, David then in Gath leaves the Philistines in Gath and, and there he heads back into his own country. He heard that the Philistines were now about to make war with the city of Keilah. Keilah was right in the heart of Judah. And the Philistines had made their way through the east and kind of carved a path all the way to the city of Keilah. And they were about to siege Keilah. And David heard of this news that the Philistines were going to wage war against Keilah and take the city. And so David inquires of the Lord, Lord, Shall I go up and deliver the city of Keilah, my countrymen, in the heart of Judah? And the Lord says, yes, go up. I will deliver them into your hands. So David goes up and he delivers his countrymen the, the, from Keilah and he delivers them by, with a great defeat of the Philistines. And there he is in Keilah and Saul hears that David, David is in Keilah. So Saul with 600 men then take off to go toward Keilah and and David is wondering what to do. He says, Lord, will the men of Keilah, whom I just delivered from the hand of the Philistines, deliver me over to Saul? And the Lord says, yes, they will. Yes, they will. I'm not sure how you would feel, but you can see David was a broken man who still had further to break. Here was David's own countrymen, and, and he, he, he feels this sense of injustice as he had just delivered them. They will now deliver him to be killed by the hands of Saul. David experienced trial after trial. He was content to be a shepherd boy, writing his music and playing for the sheep, delivering them out of dangers. And without his quest, he had the anointing oil of God surprisingly and suddenly poured upon his head. And from that time, his life was just that of running and, and fear and brokenness. Because God had to work on him to prepare him to be the shepherd king that would be a king how God wanted Israel to have a king. He suffered broken relationships. He suffered great injustices. He suffered slandering and lies by his own brethren. His chief persecutor was the king of his own countrymen and his father-in-law. David went hungry and thirsty, had no means of obtaining regular nourishment or regular meals for him and his men that were with him. David knew what it felt like to be misunderstood, dejected, disappointed, discouraged, dismayed, fearful, poor, hungry, thirsty, abandoned, befriended, unliked, unloved, and lonely. David knew what it was like to be a broken man. Psalm 38 is another one of David's psalms. We find brokenness in this psalm as well. It's a psalm of suffering in multiple ways. 
There was a burden of guilt upon him for his own sins. He was in poor health and he knew disease. He was abandoned by his closest of friends. And all these things made him now very vulnerable to his enemies. This is numbered among one of those penitential psalms. David was here broken inside and out. He had a broken spirit. He was broken in body. He had broken relationships. And he was in turmoil in his mind and in his heart. And he cries out to the Lord in verse 8, I am a feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you and my sighing is not hidden from you. One of the lowest times in David's life came before he, one of the lowest times before he became king at least, was the time in which he then went to Ziklag. And Achish later gives him the city of Ziklag. And David is now living in the Philistine realm with the city of Ziklag. And he would go out and raid some of the other enemies of Judah. One of those times he and his men went out Uh, Then behind him came and the Amalekites raided Ziklag, took David's wives and David's goods and all of the men that were with David, took all of their wives and all of the goods, all of the spoil, they took and left. And David turns around, sees the city on fire, comes back and sees everything gone. At this point, now the uh, the only people that were around David, his own men, who David's army began with, those who are discouraged and those who are indebted. And, 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 and here are these outcasts of society. Now they turn on David and they want to stone him. And here he was all alone and it says, Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people is grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The only one. David was never more lonely and dejected and distressed as as it was in that moment. But he found strength in the Lord. He was a broken vessel that kept getting broken. Like peeling an onion. Layer after layer, you just keep stripping those layers back and the onion gets smaller and smaller to the place where you find out it's just nothing but layers. And all this layer of this old man of pride and you get that off and then there's this old man of willfulness and you get that off and there's old man of self-reliance and you peel that off and it's getting smaller and smaller and you you peel the layer of self-dependence off and you peel the layer of self-determination off and it keeps coming off till all of a sudden there is no more layer, there's no more onion and the whole person, the ego, and the man has been broken where the old man no longer. And that's what God has to do if he's going to use us. He has to break us. Psalm 31 is another psalm of David again. In all of these psalms, we have the title, and we know who is the psalmist. The stress of life itself was breaking David. We don't know exactly the context for this psalm. It could have been something in the occasion like the Ziglag incident. But Psalm 31 has impressed itself on a number of biblical characters since its writing. 
Jonah draws from verse 6 in his prayer. Jeremiah was haunted by verse 13 of this psalm when he says, For I hear the slander of many, fear is on every side. While they take counsel against me, they scheme to take away my life. Jeremiah borrows that right out of a page of Psalm 31. Jesus, from verse 5, takes that verse and makes it his own on the cross. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. The writer of Psalm 71, whoever that was, perhaps maybe even David, opened his uh, prayer up in Psalm 71 with the first three verses, with the substance of Psalm 31. In this psalm, David is a man who has been hunted down. He is a man who has been rejected. He is alone. He is isolated. He is feeling lonely. He is feeling helpless. He he is in terror. He was a hated man who felt, who knew what that felt like, the disdain of hatred. And he says in verse 9, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble My eye waste away with grief, yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man, out of mind. I am a broken vessel. David knew what it was like to be broken. And that would not be the last time. In Psalm 51, the most familiar of the penitential psalms, after David was king and very successful in his life, his pride got the best of him and he took his eyes off the Lord and his lust took a hold and he took another man, another man's wife. While that man, one of David's loyal soldiers, was off at war in David's behalf. And David sinned with Bathsheba, and after he could not cover up the sin to get away with it, he then sent for Uriah the Hittite to be killed on the battlefield, one of his most loyal people, to cover up his sin. And then Nathan the prophet comes and confronts David, and he exposes openly now David's sin. And David was again broken. And he cries out to God. He says, purge me with hyssop, then I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. He was a broken man. He knew what it was like to feel the weight of guilt and the inward soul being burdened and broken in this relationship with God. He says later, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God. These you will not despise. You have to get there. And God, in His love, will get you there. And when he gets you to that place of brokenness, you have to respond with respect and honor and obedience to the Lord himself and not buckle under the chastening, but receive the blessing that he wants for you 
as the result of this brokenness. David was broken with the guilt. He was broken in the discovery and the embarrassment. But more than anything, and worst of all, he was, his relationship with God was broken. The fellowship was broken. Now, David was still a redeemed person. He didn't lose his salvation. But that fellowship, the sweetness of it was broken. And he cries out, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. he's crying out for God to restore the fellowship. His spirit was broken. So he cries out, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me and restore the joy of thy salvation because he had been missing that. Even after all this, You'd think God was finished with him. Nope. Because God uses broken things. If you sinned in your life and and you're living under a heaviness of the weight of guilt, a a sense of defeat even, a burden, and it weighs down, and, and, and just constantly bringing up your failings, perhaps you're not even able to forgive yourself for the burden and wondering, could God ever forgive the likes of you? This is a place of brokenness now. And this is a place where you humbly seek His forgiveness and His cleansing and God will still use you, my friend, if you claim His promises and as David says, if you wash me, Lord, I will be clean. And this is a promise He's done for us in Christ Jesus. So know that there can be this guilt removed and the burden lifted and the pieces put back together from your brokenness if you but call upon Him and trust Him and resign everything in your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 69, another psalm of David. In this psalm, David is a very persecuted man. He's slandered, he's betrayed, he's accused. The psalmist is in a world of brokenness and the inner turmoil of his spirit is broken. And in verse 12, you can see, or verses 1 and 2, life is just overwhelming. You ever been like that? You've just been overwhelmed with life. And we hear the, this testimony of this godly um, man of war, this manly man who when he was but a youth took down... Uh, Goliath. And we see him in this psalm weeping and crying so much that his tears were so voluminous that his throat dries out. And he's not ashamed to admit this. Reproach has broken my heart and I'm full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. And for the comforters, but I found none. He pours his heart out and his tears out to where he just dries up. There are those who hate him without a cause, and this greatly troubled David, verse 4. Verse 5, he knew his own foolishness and, and his weakness of character, and that troubled him. His own family had rejected him. He was mocked in those of the, his own community by those who sat at the gate 
they would speak slander and they were gossiping and talking about him in his own city. This negative narrations that were going on behind his back of which he became privy to and he just felt broken. But you know, God will sometimes take us down lower than we ever thought we could ever go. But he never puts on us more than what we can handle by his grace. He brings us through pain. He brings us through suffering. He brings us through loneliness. And he brings us through rejection. He allows great injustices against us for a time and persecution from those whom we trusted, including your closest friends and your family members. But he is doing all of these things for your greater good and joy. Perhaps you're in a place like this today where you feel lonely and rejected, hurt and confused, having no way to figure out how this brokenness in your life will ever get fixed. That no one understands. Well, there is one that does. And perhaps maybe there's only one that does. And that one is your God who is able and willing to fix your brokenness. He's touched with all of our infirmities yet without sin and He invites you to then come unto Him with your heavy burdens and laden down with your cares and He will lighten your load and yoke you with Him and have your burdens lightened and He will use you and use that brokenness to glorify Himself and to bring forth a greater joy in you than you thought possible. If you but humbly resign yourself to him and trust him. Now there's an important thing that David did. In every one of those psalms that I mentioned to you, these psalms of suffering, of which his action now is eternally registered and recorded, recorded for us, that he leaves us a proper way to respond in our lowest moments of brokenness. He praises the Lord. I do not believe that David always felt like it. But he praised the Lord because he knew it was right, and then his feelings followed. In Psalm 34, back to our psalm, he then says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now remember the context. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Not just from his enemies, but from his fears of his enemies. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him. 
and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. He's he's talking to us here today in the context of his suffering. In Psalm 38, he says, For in you, Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord my God. Again, remember this context. Psalm 31. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My time is in your hand. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. And again, in his sufferings, in the severity of the stresses of life, he encourages us today when he says in verse 24 at the close of that psalm, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And he's speaking out of experience and he's speaking with the inspiration of the Spirit, which is the truth. And it will be the truth if you but claim him and resign yourself into him. Even in Psalm 51, a broken man, a broken context, he says, My tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. You know, from the matins, every Lord's Day morning, we have this little refrain that gets us going, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. That's verse 15 in that penitential psalm of brokenness. Psalm 69, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. David had a song, and he would sing to God even in the time when he felt not like it. And God always brought forth the spirit of freshness in his soul. We don't know who wrote Psalm 147. Could it be David? Absolutely, it could be. But we don't know. He would certainly fully agree with verse 3 when he says, when, it, when the psalm says, He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. David knew what it was like to be a broken man in all kinds of ways. God broke David. But God broke Jonah. And God broke Joseph. And God broke Moses. And God broke Daniel. In fact, there's not a single person in this world that God has ever used that he hasn't first broken And it was the will of the Father that Isaiah 53 so so, uh, says in this unbelievable way that it it pleased the Father to break His Son. And there upon the cross, Jesus was broken for us. And God was doing this to bring us to Himself and repair all of the brokenness of this world. Jesus took five loaves and two fish and he broke it to minister to 5,000 plus. Jesus opened up two of the disciples' eyes that walked with him on the road to Emmaus and he did that when he broke the bread. And he broke it to use his broken things. See, 
So when life has you down and you're lonely and you're discouraged and you feel broken on the inside because of your own foolishness and sins, broken on the outside because your relationships are hurting and, and messed up and no one understands you, there's at least one that does understand you. Trust God, praise Him, call upon Him, wait upon Him. And when His chastening hand is over, it will bring forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And He will pick up the priests of your broken life and He will use it in a greater way. Now, as I conclude the message this morning, I'm going to do it in a very unusual way. I'm going to sit down while we all just listen. To that song... That Mac Lynch wrote in a state of brokenness that he sung to at Frankie's funeral. God uses broken things. Sung by Dan Hefner. And I want you to remember the refrain Break thou myself, make my heart sing. Let that be the prayer this morning as we think that God takes broken things. And that's what he's pleased to use. Shattered forgiveness, she. 
Father in heaven, this day we give ourselves to you fresh and new. Do whatever it is you would have for us to do in the remaining days that we have. Whatever trials you must bring our way to shape us into the image of Christ, we pray that you would bring those. Whatever way that you need to break us, we pray you would do so. And then heal us that we would bring forth joy and singing unto your praise and glory. So Lord, we have a short time to live upon the face of this earth that is left, and we pray you would use those days profitably. Use us in a powerful way. And Lord, as we go through a life of, of suffering in this world in which we are left, we pray we could do so with joy and with peace, and with trust in our God in every situation. Strengthen our faith today. Lord, you are good and you are gracious. You forgive us well beyond anything we could ever deserve. You've lavished upon us your mercies and have not rewarded us to that which we do deserve. We are thankful for the provision you give to us every day when we acknowledge it not. We are thankful for the protection in ways that we do not see. We are thankful for the beauty in which envelops us in this wonderful world that we live in. And so often our attention is turned to the negative parts of life and not to the glory of God that works above it and beyond it, even in it, to magnify yourself. So Lord, we ask that you would use us as vessels of honor, and through us, may we magnify and give glory to our God in every circumstance, in every situation, and teach our hearts to sing in the lowliest times of life when we, feel, when we do not feel like it, and then cause our feelings to catch up with what we know to be right. So Lord, we commit ourselves to you this morning, individually as well as a church, and we pray you would bring healing to the brokenness. Only you know the extent of it and even the privacy of it. And we pray that you would do a great work 
and use us this day for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.